Uh, I want to share a word with you uh, from the uh, text <clears throat> that has been read for our hearing from Matthew's Gospel, the 16th chapter, verses 13 through 16. Everyone is familiar with, or most people anyway, in the church are familiar with, with this, this, this epic moment in the life of the disciples uh, when Peter makes this confession, not just for himself, uh, but as a spokesperson for all of the disciples. We can better understand the text when we take this text and put it in a broader context of the scriptures. And to grasp the broader context, we've got to go not only to chapter 16, but back to chapter 15. And before I do that, let us have a word of prayer. God, thank you for the gift of this day. Thank you for, for the gift of your Holy Spirit, whom I felt here, who has moved my spirit, who has, who has strengthened, who has inspired me, who has uh, given me your peace and comfort, and hopefully all of us. We thank you for your darling son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. We are grateful to you for your word, your word given to us in the incarnation of Jesus Christ, and your word given to us in the inspiration of the Holy Scriptures. And God, I pray now your blessings upon the preaching of your word, not for fame, not for reputation, but that someone might believe and do likewise. Was in the strong, perfect name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. To understand the, the, uh, Matthew 16, verses 13 through 16 better, we've got to put this text and look at it in a broader context of a number of scriptures. And for me, the 16th chapter, verses 16, 13 through 16, makes more sense to me when I understand it uh, in chapter 15. But Jesus had uh, been teaching the multitude, and uh, he had healed a large number of the multitude as he taught them uh, in John, uh, Matthew's Gospel, the 15th chapter. And uh, the multitude followed him because he had, uh, had healed many of them. And so they were following the master, not for who he was, but for the fact that he had healed them and others were still in need of healing. And on one occasion, uh, as they followed him, Jesus no noticed the multitude there in the wilderness, no place to get food. And, and he feed, uh, the, the text says in, in Matthew 15, chapter over 5,000 with, with seven loaves and a few fish. And after uh, all had eaten uh, about 5,000 in the text, and not including the men and women, and they take up several baskets uh, left over. And then you fast forward, <clears throat> and when you go into the beginning of the 16th chapter, the multitude come again. And, and even when the disciples are out of resources, Jesus has to chastise them and, 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 and recall, don't you remember what I did uh, in, in the wilderness? And he understands also, Jesus, that they're following him not because of who he is, but because of what he has done. And even sometimes those of us in the church, <clears throat> if we're not careful, <clears throat> we can sometimes get trapped, not intentionally, but, but it, it just happens sometimes. Sometimes we can get lured into uh, looking at God and, 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 and having a relationship with God, not because of the relationship, but because of what God has done. 
Uh, God is good to us. God is good to us all the time. But he's more than what he can give us. Uh, he's a person who wants to be the center of our life where we have an intimate relationship with him. And so Jesus, understanding that, then says to a disciple, uh, as I paraphrase, what are they saying about me? I mean, I mean what do they think? You know, they, they've, they've seen the healing. They've gotten food. What, what, tell me what they're saying. <clears throat> who do they say I am? And they respond to some say, you, uh, Elijah, John, Jeremiah, John the Baptist, or one of the other prophets. Now, this had, to be dis, this had to be disappointing to the Lord. This is divinity wrapped, this is divinity embodied in flesh who has used the miracle so that they might get a glimpse that this is divinity. Hello, somebody. And then, and, and yet they have been with him and walked with him and he has breathed on them and they still don't know who he is. I'd be bent out of shape. <laughs> And, and so then he looked at the disciples and said, now, who do you say I am? Because he had also chastised them for their, for their little faith. And Peter, standing up for the twelve, uh, said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And, and, and Jesus said, you know, uh, flesh and blood didn't give you this. But this has come from uh, an intimate relationship with God that God has shown you some things that others have not seen. And so upon, upon this rock, upon this, upon this conviction, upon this understanding, upon, upon this, this, this knowledge that you have and this conviction of who I am, I'm going to build my church. And the word he, he, word he uses here is a boulder, a bunch of little pebbles and rocks that have come together to make this huge boulder. That's important. Because it's strong, and even the gates of hell cannot prevail. God, as he gave the disciples of old, uh, God still gives us these epic moments in life. I'm going to get to the text. Faith for challenging time. God gives us the epic moments where God intervenes into our decisive moments. Uh, we have these, these epic decisions uh, epic moments that tower and triumph over all other moments that, and that we see God in a new light. Are you all still with me? I'm taking my time. They, they, Sydney told me, don't worry. And they took 10 minutes of my time before I got up here. <laughs> God gives us the, these, these moments in life. I like to think of them as ethnic moments. They're moments, they're decisions, they're times of life that, that we have these experiences with God that towers over all other moments. They're transforming and they change us and they, they, they change our trajectory and our journey with God when we have these great moments with God. They can make our faith un, unshakable and, and they can change our walk and our trajectory with God. Uh, let me see if, if I can uh, give you an example or two. Uh, I remember when I grew up and I lived uh, early on with my parents, my mother, my dad, and my siblings. Uh, and when I was growing up with them, we were CMEs. Now, CME is a denomination that is a Christian Methodist Episcopal Church. But in our house, it meant that we went to church on Christmas, Mother's Day, and Easter. We were CMEs. <laughs> Uh, and, and because my, my grandmother lived by herself 
in the fifth grade and fourth grade, I had invited Christ into my life to be my personal Lord and Savior, uh, even, even though I've been in church all of my life. And in the fifth grade, I went to live with my grandmother. And when I lived with grandmother, grandmother went to worship every Sunday morning. And so I went to worship every Sunday morning with grandmother. Not only did grandmother make certain I went to worship every Sunday morning, but I went to Sunday school uh, every Sunday morning and worship every Sunday morning. And in the evening, I was at Methodist Youth Fellowship every Sunday. And when I look back at the time in worship and singing in the junior choir and going to Sunday school and participating in crop walks and all of those things, I I understand that it was an epic moment in my life that I went to live with grandmother and it would change the trajectory of my faith walk and God would begin uh, as the church nurtured me and cultivated my faith. Something started stirring on the inside of me. Something started moving on the inside of me and even though it would be years later before I would make a decision about my call to ministry, it was that epic moment in my existence that changed my walk, changed my understanding with God, changed my trajectory in my, in my walk with God. I'll just give one other. I don't want to take the whole, whole morning talking about me, but I, it was 1972. I'm a senior in college, 1973, uh, a senior in college, and I'm going to graduate that spring, and I have absolutely no idea what I'm going to do with my life. And so I reason to myself, and I plan that I'm smart enough, what I'll do is I'll, I'll, I'll register for the military, and I reason in my mind I'm smart enough, I'll take the exam, I'll blow it out the water, and they'll invite me to go to Officer Candidate School, and I had it all planned in my mind, y'all. And I took the exam, and sure enough, I blew it out the water. And, and, and then when I was taking the physical exam, they said, you have a heart murmur. You're not physically fit for the military. I haven't had a heart murmur since then. Uh, I was crushed. I decided since my dad was a police officer in Waco, Texas, where you're all going. I don't know why anybody want to go to Waco, but <laughs> uh, I, I decided I, too, would would, would, would join the police force, and then I'd already planned in my mind how I'm going to rise to the ranks, y'all. And so I went to join the Dallas police force. I'm about to get my degree. I'm ready. I took the exam. I blew it out the water. They gave me a, a, an emotional sociological exam. They said I was stable, y'all. And I'm taking the physical once again. I don't have a heart murmur, but in 1973, at my height, you had to weigh 145 pounds to be a Dallas policeman, and I weighed 142 pounds in 1973. <laughs> and, and, and I was all messed up and could not understand. And I had a conversation with my pastor, uh, Reverend I.B. Loud, and he said, boy, I believe the Lord is calling you to preach. And instantly, I knew he was right. Instantly, I knew it was from God. Instantly, it was a moment that, that took away all of my disappointment, all of my despair. I didn't question God anymore. I knew without a doubt 
why I had run into all of the brick walls because God had other plans for me. It was a moment that would change the, my, 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 the trajectory, my faith walk with God. And so God gives us these moments in time uh, when we have our faith walk, when we work with God, that change everything in life. And we're so certain as the disciples of old, of Peter, who he is. And then as we go through life, sometimes things will happen with us, with family, with friends, sometimes even the church. Sometimes that will rock our faith in God. Okay, I'm the only one who's ever had a faith, a crisis in faith. Okay, let me see if I can help us then. If you may know from history, when the founder of our church, John Wesley, came to America, he came to America with the dream, with the aspiration that he was going to convert the Native Americans to Christianity. And when John Wesley came to America, he had a crisis and he began to wonder, I've come to convert them, but who is going to convert me? Now, this is a man who loved God, had been trained at Oxford, had spent many years in the Holy Club in devotion, but now he's having this crisis in faith because he's not being as effective and successful as he thought he would be. On his way back to England, where you all know the story, when the storm rose up and he saw the Quakers on the boat and they were not afraid of the storm and Wesley was afraid of the storm and he saw the confidence and the peace they had in God, but he did not have it and it rocked his boat. He began to have this crisis in faith, wondering, did he, did he really have faith? Did he really know Jesus? Could he really preach Jesus again? Hello, somebody. And he was all been out of shape, and he went to his, his friends in England. One of them, Peter Bowler, said, John, just talk Jesus. Just preach Jesus until you get some Jesus in your life. He, he, again, he remembered the night he went to Aldersgate on, a, on an evening, 17, uh, 1738, May 24. And as they read the gospel, the living word of God, John said, I felt my heart strangely warm. And I'm going to tell you, he's not the only one. I, I've, I've, I've been in the church here, a minister for 39 years, and sometimes there are things that happen, decisions that are made, directions that we take that will shake our faith in God. You know what I wish sometimes? Sometimes I wish preachers could be like uh, coaches, football coaches. <laughs> see, ah, are you okay? You, I'm okay. I, see, sometimes I wish we could be like football coaches, see, because when, when, when they're playing the game and the official uh, uh, rules something and the coaches don't agree, they have a challenge flag. <laughs> And they throw the challenge flag and call the official over and say, are you sure about this? Are you sure you saw what I saw? They were challenged to play. Now, y'all might not get, understand this, but I'm certain God wouldn't get mad about it because sometimes I wish I had a challenge flag I could throw to the Lord. <laughs> so God, have you seen what I saw? Have you heard some of the stuff I heard? God, can you see some of the direction we're headed? I want to throw the challenge flag sometimes in life. Come on. But, you know, uh, and God won't get bent out of shape about it. Sometimes we can have as much as we love God, as, as much as we're committed to the faith. Sometimes we can have these things that happen in our church, in our denomination, in our lives, in our families, in our community. Yea, even our nation that sometimes will make us question God and we can get all bent out of shape. But I've, I've done this, thank God, long enough now that I know just to keep walking with God and trusting God because I know Jesus Christ is real. I was preaching. 
I, I was preaching. I, 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 I had been down lately, and I was preaching at Vista Ridge United Methodist Church on last Sunday, a couple Sundays ago, a, a, a rather small church, but a good church. And, and when they had worship and, and, and praise and, and, the, and the praise team was singing, and they just kept calling the name Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And they said, Jesus, break the darkness. Jesus, break the storm. Jesus, breaks the pain. Jesus, breaks the hurt. And they kept going, Jesus, Jesus. And the more they talked about Jesus, the more I began to get filled inside. And, and you know, uh, as, as you take of him, the Spirit of God began to bubble up inside of me, just bubbling up, bubbling up, bubbling up as they talked nothing about Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I wish we had more of it in the church. I, I don't know if any of y'all read the United Methodist Digest. You probably don't, but I do. And it's a good little source, I guess. And every time I read it, I see things we're doing all over the nation, all over the world, and good things. And I look and look and look, but I never say, where is the devotion to God? Hmm. All right, all right, all right. Um, so sometimes when we have these things happen, we can have the crisis in our faith, in our faith wall, and God will allow them to happen to us until we get our good senses and we make our way back to God. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my bride and I have been married for seven years, and I remember when we started dating, she wasn't really getting with the program. You know. <laughs> she, she wasn't really into me. And uh, I came up with this scheme uh, that I'm going to change this, you all. So uh, I took her to Six Flags over Texas. <laughs> and when we went to Six Flags over Texas, I asked them, what is the scariest ride you all have here? And they told me it's, it's, the Texas, it's the roller coaster of the Texas Giant. I don't like roller coasters, but I said, that's a good one right there. And so when we got in the gondola uh, at, on the Texas Roller the Giant, uh, I'm sitting on this side of the condola, and she's way over on the other side, but I had a plan. And, and, the, and, and, and then the condola started going up. And I, I looked at her, and she's just looking all around, not paying any attention to me or anything else, but I got a plan. And, it, and then I noticed when it got to the very top, right before it, it falls down, she moved over just a little bit. And then it zoomed down and made a curve upside down, and she moved over a little bit more. And then it made a couple of zigzags. Then she grabbed hold of me real tight and said, don't let me go. And I thought, you know, God will do the same thing. He'll let life toss us up and down, all kind of circles, everything, until we run to God. God gives us these moments in life. And so, uh, as we have faith, growing faith uh, for challenging time, Jesus said to his disciples of old, you got what you need, you got what you need, you got all of the authority, but we've got to learn to go deep, 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 deep in the faith with God. I participate with a group called Self-Realization Fellowship. It's a meditation, it's a meditation group, and we get ready to meditate and say, now, go deep, go deep, go deep, go deep, go deep. And when, when they say go deep, go deep, go deep, it means to still the mind, still the body, be quiet, get rid of all of the noise, get rid of all of the distraction, focus on God, concentrate on God, go deep. God is your center. God is your all and all and all and all. And I think sometimes that's what we really, really 
need to do in the faith. Just go deep and deep and deep in God. And the more I, the deeper I go in God, the more I, I, I realize how much peace I have, how much calm I have. I'm, I'm reminded that my intuition goes way up, that I know what's of God and what's not of God. What, what I'm trying to say is the more time I spend with God, the more I pray to God and talk to God and focus on God. God gives me his peace. God gives me his strength. God gives me his joy. God gives me his love. God gives me his wisdom when I go deep, deep, deep in the Lord and not trust in my own self. I wish I had a prayer in church this morning. I was trying to get a help a guy from Chicago to get to Dallas last year when we were making appointments. And every appointment we tried to give him, all he wanted to know is how much it's paying. What, the, what does the parsonage look like? On and on and on. And we couldn't get it satisfied. And finally I said to him, why don't you quit worrying about the money? Quit worrying about the parsonage. But maybe you ought to trust in God. The word of God said, trust in the Lord with all of our heart and lean not to our own understanding, but in all of our ways acknowledge him. I said, and if it's of God, it will work. He didn't make it here because he was not willing. He was not willing. He was not willing to go deep, deep in God. I got to hurry up and close now. Uh, but, 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 but Peter, Jesus said to Peter, upon this rock, upon this conviction, upon this statement, the fact that you know who I am, I'm going to build my church. And I'm so glad I understand that because I know sometimes all of us will wonder where it's going, what's going to become of it. But, but the master has reminded us that it's mine and not even the gates of hell can overthrow it. And our job is to just try to get everybody we know who do not know him to know Jesus and get them in his church. And if we can get them in his church, hello somebody, we can make a huge difference in the world. I'm through now, but my, my, my daughter, I saw her this morning, Latasha, 34 years old. I remember when she was 18 months old and we were in an event, we lived in DeSoto, Texas, and we were in an event in, in uh, Las Colinas. Now, I had to go somewhere else, and I asked one of the members of the church if they could take Latasha home to DeSoto, and, and they said they would. I said, Tasha, do you know how to get home? She said, no, I don't know how to get home from here. She said, but I do know how to get home from the church, and she said, if they take me to the church first, then I know how to get home from the church. Well, what folks, I'm trying to say, if we can just get people who are lost in life, people who don't know Jesus, people who gone crazy with their behavior and all of that, if we can just get them back into God's church, it's his church, then we can help them arrive home safely. Jesus has given us a faith. <clears throat> These are challenging times, but God has given us a faith, and our faith in him will sustain us. And our faith in him will never let us down. Amen.